We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. going on runner runners welcome back to the nfl pick six show i'm your host dean that's dean 7904 if you want to get all technical as far as the dfs streets we have reached week 10 yes say it with me can you believe it double digits joining me as always usual suspects two of the sharpest minds in all of the uh, nfl dfs and fantasy football uh batting first leading off we already talked to pre-show me and Dago, so i'll ask you rebar do you feel it? Can you believe we're past the half uh, half pole here? We're at week 10, double digits. Are we getting excited or what? Yeah, man, I am excited. There's seven <laughs> weeks left. Uh, but it was it was it was nice, you know, for the past like five days, it was like 75 degrees here. We set a new record high uh each day. So it didn't even feel like mid-November, but uh it's gonna turn. It looks like we might have some more bad weather this weekend, you know. We're not we don't have the Browns game on the on the docket here, but it looks like there might be some sketchy weather in that game. Uh, come this weekend we'll see what happens but uh yeah i mean mid-november we're, we're here man holiday season is right around the corner uh, i don't know if any of you guys get out at all uh i don't get out very much these days but when last time i was out all the christmas stuff was already out already so i i agree with rich global warming is absolutely terrific it's pretty great when you can walk outside in november and it's 75 degrees everywhere even in chicago I mean, the world's not going to end while we're alive. So, like, <laughs> so, it's, it's, we'll so enjoy let's, enjoy, let's enjoy it. I agree. <laughs> Screw you, 2040. We don't care about you or whatever. We'll probably go a little higher. But, uh, and I'm in South Florida where there's like all these, uh, it, it won't stop raining because there's a tor- not tornadoes, uh, fake hurricanes, tropical warnings, tropical storms. There you go. Isn't Florida, isn't areas of Florida getting snow this week as well? Oh, I don't know about that. If it is, it's probably like the panhandle. I can't imagine. It's not where I'm at, but okay. it, it historically has snowed before and it once. And nobody cares about this, but it snowed in Miami like in the 70s. There you go. Google it. It happened. But I can't imagine. I hear, I hear it, it snows in Miami quite a bit, actually. <laughs> that's a Scarface <laughs> reference, I imagine. That's a, that's a, that's a binge of Miami reference. <laughs> How this goes down in the Pick 6 show. Hey, YouTube, what's up? Apparently, you guys are back up. So what's up, YouTube? Uh, hopefully, we're up and running. You guys are watching. Uh, if you guys are not watching us live, which is a good portion of people, you know, because uh, this, this show drops 9 o'clock, we record it live, we show it live. Uh, well, how would you not record it live? That's just how it goes, I suppose. But yeah, 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night, we're going to talk about the slate, uh, most specifically the main slate, break it down even more and talk about three featured games, and we'll branch out after that. And we'll talk about other players that we didn't get to talk about in our three featured games. Featured games are really, really strong this week. Uh, all right, sure, let's dive right on in. Oh, like and subscribe. Hey, YouTube, like, subscribe. If you guys say also, anything interesting in the comments, oh, go ahead, what do you have? Hot week this week. Five one o'clock games, six four o'clock games. Mm-hmm. It finally has happened. I don't know who got religion here and decided to do this, but more weeks like this, please. Why can't we do this every week? I know it's a dumb question, but why can't we? Is it that hard to figure this out? Why can't we do this every single week instead of having like to deal with like two terrible games at four o'clock? Make this happen. Come on. Uh, Rob, does anybody have a Goodell's cell phone number? But the I don't know, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that very much. I think it's kind of backloaded too. I think that the best games are on mm-hmm. 
in the four o'clock slate, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, five up front, uh, six at the end. Uh, as far as teams that are on by, Atlanta, the Jets, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, not talking about them. Thursday night game, thankfully, we don't talk about the Colts or the Titans. Oh, I just find those teams so boring. Uh, Baltimore and New England. Hey, I'm going to save money. I'm not going to play Lamar Jackson this week in the main slate. They keep <laughs> losing money in him. He's talking about how the defenses know exactly what they're doing every time. That's great. Uh, that seems suboptimal. I, thought I, got, so- I got a lot of start set questions this week with Marquise Brown, and the good news is don't have to worry about it this week. He's not going to be on the DFS slate, so I don't <laughs> have to chase that squeaky wheel again because that will stay squeaky. I keep playing – like, who? just out of curiosity, I know you guys do a lot of season-long stuff. Like, who are the guys that are being compared to Marquise Brown? Like, who's, like, this guy or that guy? How, how bad are the receivers that they're considering instead of Brown? Like, uh, uh, it's not really – he hasn't really reached that point. Um, a, lot of pe- a lot of people have reached the point with wanting to drop DJ Moore right now. He's the guy who's really frustrating everyone. Um, and, of course, finding someone to start over Zeke is also a weekly conundrum because no one wants to play Zeke. And who can blame them? The chat is saying CBS has no one o'clock. Oh, is it because of the Masters? Is that why? That might have something to do with it. And maybe the Masters is at a different time of year. I don't follow golf really well. Really well but so, so it wasn't religion. Really- it's actually golf that made football better for us. Yeah, I think that's what's happening because CBS has the Masters rights. And I think, don't quote I think the Masters was bumped because uh, of COVID. Makes sense. I, Listen, I don't watch golf and I don't play golf, but I got a bunch of golf lineups this week. I am too. I do too. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I have some tickets for the, for the Millie Maker on DK. And then <clears throat> I'm like, well, if I'm going to do some research, I might as well like get my money's worth and like, you know, max out the 20 here and max out the 20 there. And uh, of course on RG, this is a seamless segue. If you guys want to get yourself some, uh, some golf content, get your core four for $5 off. The link will be dropped in chat for you guys. Core four sports uh, basketball is right around the corner, which is just crazy starting up next month. Of course you get all our football content, uh, baseball when it starts up, but there you go. Get $5 off your first month. Have at it. And what do you have for me? I was just say, you know, the uh, speaking of like golf being hot, like golf is going to be if you're in the game this week, it's going to be hot because like that forty five hundred dollar millionaire on uh, DK sold out by Tuesday. Like it yeah. just filled. Um, yeah, golf is hot this week. I'm excited about DFS golf, probably more than this slate, but I will talk about it nonetheless. <laughs> and I think there's a weather lurking potentially for golf, too. So and that, that matters. Uh, Kevin Roth hit him up on, on Rotor Runners, obviously. I know he's been tweeting about it as well, too. And. They, I don't know, maybe it's going to be suspended. Don't follow me. Follow guys like, you know, STL Cards and Noto and, and Rolf tell you about weather and all that. Plenty of golf content here at Rotary Riders. I know they were recording a show earlier today. I'm not sure if that was premium or not. All right, let's talk about the main slate. The people want to talk about football. Oh, and here's a tease for you guys. It's a callback to a previous show. We have a certain grooming product we'll be talking about later on in the show. Get excited about that. As far as our three featured games. Oh, it's the Floby. <laughs> it's not the Floby. It's the suck yeah. there's a wayne's world reference for the olds out there uh this game is going to be phenomenal it's buffalo at arizona Uh, it's high it's tight 56 total arizona two-point favorites here uh we're in a dome we got two teams that play super fast uh i was looking at you know i always like to run my optimals and it's wednesday night so don't get too goofy don't get too crazy as far as ownership don't want to you know delve too many into those weeks too much especially when you know injuries yet to be decided who knows what's, what's going on just wednesday night especially this year you know, weird things are dropping Saturday, Sunday. But uh, both these quarterbacks are 1-2 on both Fandle and DraftKings. Allen uh, and, and Kyler. Uh, Daigle, I imagine this is not a surprise for you. This is the most premium of games in the slate amongst the 11. Agreed? Agreed. And also this game, I don't know if anyone got the line on Sunday night or Monday morning, opened at 49 and has since been bet up last time I checked to 56. So a touchdown increase for all the right reasons. That was a bad line to open with from the beginning. But yeah, it's it's again, like the Bills last week, two potent offenses yetting and going at one another. I don't think we see a concerted game plan with Josh Allen, like or as concerted, I should say, like last week, where Dayball came out and he had Allen just throw immediately from the very beginning, forgot running backs existed like the entire fantasy industry. 38 attempts to nine to 11 running back attempts with Zach Moss leading the charge from the backfield. Uh, and so again, I, I just think it's a tremendous spot. And the Cardinals are a median offense against opposing quarterbacks. Um, 17th fantasy points per game allowed to that position. But again, this is Josh Allen. So we know when it hits, it hit, it hits. Uh, still top five in fantasy points per game among quarterbacks. So just the overall game environment, you have to like it for Josh Allen and the Bills offense. Yeah, so Rebar, uh, again, my optimals, I'll just kind of reference one more time. On, on DK, 75% of 200 lineups I made as far as optimal lineups. I did a little 
tinkering, adding some variants, just gotta get a, bit, a different shuffle to some extent. 75% are giving me either Josh Allen or Kyler Murray as an optimal quarterback. And on FanDuel, uh, let's see, 91% are giving me either Kyler Murray or Josh Allen, which is the correct answer. Is, is it Murray? Is it Allen? You can't play both. I guess you can make more than one lineup. Well, I think at this stage where we are right now, that uh, it's that Kyler Murray is the cash game quarterback. Like he has been a top 10 fantasy scorer in every week, and he's been a top five scorer in every week but one. Uh, and, you know, I have to, you know, mea culpa on the Cardinals because for three weeks it happened to start the season. He was only, he came out of the gates, was only averaging 12 and a half passing points per game. The horizontal raid was in full effect again. Uh, he was, he was, he was getting a lot of rushing production, but the passing stats were still very subpar. Uh, and then he's really cranked it up here. The horizontal rate is gone. He's pushing the ball downfield. Um, over the past five weeks, he's averaging 19.6 passing points per game and that's already to go with his league leading 12.8 rushing points per game there were 200 yard rushers last week one was Kyler Murray uh (laughs) you know he's got eight rushing touchdowns already on the season I think he is just the premier cash game quarterback right now uh for fantasy football and Buffalo is not a defense we're scared of uh on any level they might not even have uh you know Tredavious White in this game we'll have to see follow him but they've allowed 18.4 fantasy points or more to seven straight opposing quarterbacks the Cardinals Cardinals, like they said, are kind of middle of the pack, but under the hood, it's not that hot. Uh, they've allowed 18 and a half or more fantasy points to every quarterback they faced outside of Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, and Dwayne Haskins. They've also faced Jimmy Garoppolo as uh, one of their other quarterbacks that have taken half of their games up. Every good quarterback they've faced has, has given them problems, uh, and that happened last week as well. So we should have a good back and forth matchup here. The one thing to look out for, though, as it relates to Josh Allen, is that his numbers do sag against the Blitz, uh, 7.3 yards per attempt. 62.9 completion per uh, rate against the blitz opposed to 73% completion rate, 8.8 yards per attempt when team sent a normal pass rush that may come here. Arizona is, does have the fifth highest blitz rate in the NFL. They like to bring extra heat, but they don't get home on par with their blitz rate. They blitz a lot, but don't get home a lot. They're just 16th in pressure rate, even though they bring a lot of heat. Uh, so just something to look out for maybe, uh, you know, on the Josh Allen's front, but this is a game that I think that we're, like you said, earmarking for back and forth, uh, a lot of points, just like we had last week with Arizona in that dome. Yeah, and like, you know, again, for cash game quarterbacks, for floor and all that, we love the quarterbacks that have legs. Both these guys got to speak to that as well, too. You probably have the numbers, Rebar. Like, where would be, where would Kyler be just as a running back as far as RBs, like RB10, RB12? I, I feel like I've seen like something like this on Twitter. Whatever it is, it's good. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to pull it up, but uh, like I say, he's averaging 12 point rushing points per game. So uh, that that's pretty strong there in itself. So, I mean, the, you know, we'd have to either double check it uh, against, you know, just the, the numbers of just rushing only uh, because he obviously doesn't catch the ball, but uh, I can pull it up here in a minute. <laughs> Why not? He should catch the ball too. Uh, Diggle, uh, we've seen a discount as far as Hopkins on DK specifically. Fandle, he's still kind of priced up at 7.7K. We're also getting a discount to Michael Thomas as well for, you know, he just hasn't been spectacular. It's coming back from injury, but he, maybe there's a, you know, a route to take advantage of that price as well too. Uh, how do you feel about Hopkins? And, you know, especially if white is out, we don't know what to deal with white is again, it's Wednesday night. We're talking about this. Uh, of course you can get to a guy like Kirk. Uh, I know people want to make Isabella happen. That's, that's of course like tournament darts, if nothing else. Uh, your thoughts as far as the Arizona receivers. Yeah, just like it was a odd but plan I liked last week for Josh Allen, the Bills offense, it was the same thing for the Cardinals where they oddly just didn't even look to DeAndre Hopkins, who was being shadowed by Xavier Howard. It was a lot like that game earlier this year where they sacrificed Christian Kirk on the right side of the field to Richard Sherman and just didn't go at him and let DeAndre Hopkins take the lesser superior cornerbacks on the opposite side. This ch- this time around, they just didn't look at Hopkins at all. No targets in the first half, uh, three catches all game. And then they went to Christian Kirk and a couple of tight ends, Max Williams, who came off injured reserve and, uh, and Daryl Williams, Daryl, no Daryl Daniels, either way. It it depends if we get Tredavious White. That's the weird thing about this. I will likely play DeAndre Hopkins anyhow. Um, I still think he is the the receiver to chase here for the team. Of course, uh, he still leads the team as I look this up really quickly because I forgot the number. 29% target share. And then also, Tredavious White doesn't move to the slot. 
So this is the thing with this matchup. And Hopkins has only moved to the slot 22 snaps all year, whereas White has gone to the slap on eight the slot on eight snaps all year. But he goes to both boundary sides. So perhaps they could do that again if Tredavious White is healthy. But either way, I think I want to target Hopkins just in a bounce back spot in this game, especially since his salary has been reduced. Uh, we've, already, we've already talked too much about quarterback wide receiver matchups, but we can say just last week, the whole white thing versus Metcalf that blew up on our faces, like, or in some people's faces that were kind of obsessing over it. And I think what was the number I saw? I feel like uh, maybe only two thirds of the time they matched up against each other. Of course, Metcalf crushed and Lockett was whatever he was met. He wasn't very good, obviously. Yeah. Do we care about this? Is it we're talking about? How, how much was, uh, yeah, it was 22 of his routes uh, last week, which is what we have to always talk about. I mean, when, it's, I mean, the biggest problem with cornerback versus wide receiver analysis is the way it's presented in the fantasy community. Um, mm-hmm. And not to go on like a too long of a rant about this, but <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't, I, cause I don't believe that cornerbacks matchups are overrated. I don't think like that's the right word. Like we inherently know there are better cornerbacks and worse cornerbacks. I and mean, we know that, like, you know, if a guy had uh, was played the whole game, hundred percent snaps against Jalen Ramsey and played hundred percent of his snaps against Bleedy Ray Wilson, the, the outcomes would be different. Uh, <laughs> but that's just, that's the one thing that, that, that is just doesn't happen in these cornerback matchups. I mean, it's very rarely you have a cornerback lined up across from a, a wide receiver for hundred percent of their snaps in man coverage. And that's the other point too, is that, you know, not a lot of teams, Teams are just playing man coverage the entire game. So even when you look at someone and say, well, he runs 65% of his routes at left wide receiver, and this guy's at right cornerback for 70% of his snaps, that doesn't mean there's a one, a direct overlap that those snaps overlap. And then two, it doesn't mean that if you line up at left wide receiver, you're running a route on that in that guy's coverage. If you're running a slant, a dig, or a post, like you might be getting passed on to someone else's coverage. Uh, but you know, the way that this is presented in the fantasy community is misleading to the consumer. And that's why we get these takes that get kind of locked in uh in this avenue. Uh especially when we talk about slot cornerbacks, because slot cornerbacks like never have like a full overlap to slot wide receiver but we always talk about it like they do um but you know i digress there we can we can turn that into something else but for another time <laughs> um but yeah you've seen it happen last week with dk metcalf and you know we talked about it on the sunday morning show that you know hey we saw him get over on gilmore already earlier in the season it wasn't like a guy we we're just gonna fade and get out of lineups i mean it was a sticky matchup he didn't do a lot in his coverage he caught one long pass he drew a long penalty uh hopkins actually was another guy last week he drew a bunch of pass interference yards we don't get points for him yeah. But, you know, Zayvon Howard had three pass interference calls on him. Uh, the severity of those were, were, were ranged. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, ticky-tack calls in there. But, um, yeah, I like going back to Hopkins. He's kind of – we've seen since Kirk has started going and getting going that, like, it started to, you know, oscillate a little bit, his usage. He's starting to kind of exchange, like, wide receiver four weeks and wide receiver one weeks. It's gone on. Uh, he's been up, down, up, down, up, down, monster week, wide receiver four week, monster week, wide receiver four week. So maybe, you know, we, we get another big week, especially if White's out. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Arizona, they didn't have Drake Kirkpatrick last week. He was out with a thigh injury. We don't know if he's going to play this week yet. They also lost his replacement, Kevin Peterson, to a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. So they might be down two cornerbacks coming into this week we already know that this is a revenge a smoke revenge game oh yeah uh you know he he we he listen we he hit for us last week like all receivers do basically against uh you know <laughs> seattle uh could run into another good spot here returning to arizona he had 11 targets last week had the 99 yards almost gotten into the paint on that screen where he went down to the one yard line. We were all cheering for it. Um, and we, you guys already talked about, you know, Kirk a little bit. Uh, Kirk leads the Cardinals in deep targets and the Buffalo Bills are 30th in the NFL in defending targets 15 yards or further downfield. So a lot of options here, a lot of bring back spots. And the best part is we don't even want to play any of these running backs now because Kenyon Drake might play. Uh, you know, it would have been a great spot to go back to Chase Edmonds and chase his usage from the week before when he had 96% of snaps and 28 touches, but they used him like a battering ram. Like he was like a 240 pound running back and all his carries and he didn't get any production, but we can't even go back to him because it looks like the, you know, Drake's going to come back. So now we can just ignore all our running games too. I also, I think Buffalo's target tree has gotten thinner as well now with John Brown healthy because I fell on the sword last week and played Cole Beasley as the <laughs> ancillary option um, against the Seahawks. But what we've seen now is that Beasley has averaged the 49th most fancy points per game among wideouts in seven starts with John Brown and all the way up to 16th most, so a top top 16 player in the two games Brown was out. Uh, and so you can ignore Beasley altogether, as you should have been anyways. I was the donkey here. And just strictly go to Diggs and 
Brown whenever Brown is healthy, which he clearly is now. Yeah, Ian, one last me, hit for you. Yeah, I go got ahead. it right here. So Kyler Murray rushing points on the season has 102.3 rushing only points. There are three running backs that have more than that this season. That's Dalvin amazing. Cook, Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley. And in terms of rushing points per game, Nick Chubb would be a fourth guy on a per game basis that averaged more rushing points than Kyler Murray. So if we want to get access to either running game here, the quarterbacks are the best running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other part of it is like, by the way, it, there's people saying that like, Oh, I told you not to play Edmonds. He, he had 28 opportunities, 28 touches. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. it, it's a, res- that's results based thinking. Like that's about as a home favorite. <laughs> it, it was great. That's exactly what you want. You tell me I'm gonna get 28 opportunities for that price. I'm going to lock him in every single time and take my chances. It, it was out, but it was only 28 of 30 as well. Like he, he literally was the guy they weren't looking anywhere else. We got anything else this game or shall we move on? play these guys yeah, yeah. this is I, w- I will say for tournament strategy uh maybe we unveil someone later on in the show but you didn't have to have josh allen last week although like that game was still the most popular with the secondary pieces you could have had drew lock and took him down a tournament you could have had deshaun watson so you don't have to have the quarterbacks necessarily for tournaments um but you do need exposure to this game drew lock one of the few things i got right last week unfortunately i paired him a ton with a fant who got hurt on the first drive he came back kind of back and forth but uh Basically, he had his one catch, and that was more or less all he did. Uh, next game, Seahawks, why not? I mean, of course, this, every single week the Seahawks are worth talking about. Seahawks versus the Rams. The Rams are oh, a two-point favorite here, uh, minus one and a half, depending on where you're looking. 55 total. So, once again, it's high. It's tight. Uh, you know, we got Goff. Are we going to trust Goff? Probably more of a tournament guy, but anybody. Uh, Rebar, any quarterback against the Seahawks, any receiving core against the Seahawks, we have to talk about, right? Yeah, right now, so through eight games, the Seahawks have allowed the most passing yards in NFL history and 308 more yards than the next closest team in NFL history. So that's like three passing games of Lamar Jackson ahead of the field uh, in NFL history. But, I mean, Goff, yeah, I mean, he doesn't run, so he's not a guy like we're Mm -hmm. typically, like, excited to really ever play. Because we, you know, I tweeted about this, you know, yesterday about just these, how the high ceiling guys have had such edge. And Daigle talked about it early early in the season on this show that, in these DFS tournaments, man, if you don't have these guys that are that are capable of dropping these these thirty five to forty point games, it's it's hard to get there on just pure pocket passing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is like the one sole pocket passer that's like hanging on a ceiling level with like the rest of these dual threat guys uh, on a wire to wire basis. So I mean, we have Goff, a guy that doesn't run. The Rams also just don't throw in the red zone uh, inside the ten yard line. They've run the ball seventy six percent of their plays, uh, by far the highest rate in the league. Um, and as bad as Seattle's defense is on the passing level, they are the only team in the NFL that's a lot of rushing touchdown in every game this season. Uh, so it makes it some, in- it makes it interesting, you know, for golf, but yeah, there's no reason to go for something. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Only person that didn't hit against Seattle was Jimmy Garoppolo. And if we could transit a property, mm-hmm. Nick Mullins is 200 and whatever, 60 yards in the final three drives to Garoppolo. I mean, we can help pat ourselves on the back and say the process was right, even though we still lost money on Jimmy G, uh, but, I mean, I'm looking at these receivers. I mean, they're affordable. I mean, Bob Woods has already got uh, – he's one short of his career high in touchdowns already this season. Uh, he gets carries. Like, he gets a few carries a week. Uh, Cooper Cup's coming off of a 20-target game. Uh, I mean, Seattle just so far, by and large, is ahead of the pack due to that passing production we said they allowed. 22 receptions, 280 yards per game to opposing wide receivers. Uh, they're also allowing 1.6 touchdowns per game in position. That's 30th. It's real easy to get on these guys. Even as a, dart, a deep dart, Josh Reynolds is in play. He's ran a pass around 84% of the Rams dropbacks of three games prior to the bye. And he leads the team in end zone targets when they actually do throw close to the goal line. Uh, it is typically to Josh Reynolds. Uh, so, I mean, all those guys are in play. Rams passing stack because if it's not broke, don't fix it. We got Reynolds at 3-5 on DK, which is a really, really cheap way, cheap access to get uh, to a really, really solid game. And 5K on Fandle, too. I'm good with both of that. Of course, I'd prefer to have Cup. I'd prefer to have Woods. Sure. We live in the world of the salary cap, so, so you can't just fire out the best plays in every single game. Uh, Dago, but the, the running backs are mentioned kind of vaguely there, talking about the Rams, and it, that's not where people want to go, and I don't think people are, are going to want to go to Carson uh, in this game either. Of course, I presume he's going to be back. I saw Hyde not practicing just yet, but – who knows what's going on there? I'd imagine it's going to be Carson's backfield once again, uh, but it's more it's more about Wilson, Wilson than Carson, right? Well, 
I mean, that's Seattle's backfield. Rams' backfield, uh, we don't know as well. Daryl Henderson apparently didn't practice today, and that's oh. after the bye. So that one could be shaken up as well. Uh, it was Dallas, but remember that uh, we were concerned. I think we touched on it a little bit last week that now that Travis Homer had been an extra week healthier, he could eat into Dallas's touches and and snap rate. And that's what happened. Uh, Homer played 31 snaps. He had six carries and, and three targets. And so it basically became a timeshare between Dallas and Homer, which is worrisome since that will likely happen again. On the other side of the ball, it's interesting because it really hasn't been a timeshare for the Rams. Um, it's been Daryl Henderson first and foremost in the three games before he got injured uh 49 touches to Malcolm Brown's 24 Cam Akers had nine including two games where he just didn't get any touches whatsoever despite McFay using coach speak on him um but in the game that Henderson got injured before the bye it was pretty much all Malcolm Brown uh 57 snaps to Akers 20 as well as 12 touches to Akers 10 and a majority of Akers touches came in the second half it so it seems to be Brown's backfield and as we also know Brown has been the passing back behind uh, Henderson this year. So I think overall, it would be Brown the person you should chase and just let everyone else try and get cheap with Acres because they haven't, at least they haven't shown that they have any interest in using him whatsoever this year. So at the risk of doing the quarterback, uh, quarterback wide receiver matchup thing again, people already talk about Ramsey. Uh, you know, Ramsey presumably will be on Metcalf a good bit. How much he of that hasn't shadowed this year. Oh, okay. the interesting. The interesting thing about Ramsey so far is they've actually used him almost in a Jamal Adams like fashion. Like he has moved around. He at times he's played as a box defender. He played. He went like two straight weeks where he just played in the slot. Like when they so he he didn't shadow Allen Robinson. He didn't shadow Terry McLaurin. Uh, he had like I said they've been just moving him around. They've been blitzing with him. He's been playing the run really well. Uh, he left the Dolphins game early, but they've just been using him as like an all-around jack-of-trades defender uh, and not really kind of having him just like be a guy that goes out and follows people around. It'll be interesting to see if that's just how teams will just approach DK Metcalf. But like last week, I mean, we've seen it with Tredavious White. I mean, even if he's on him for a bulk of snaps, presuming he's going to be on him for every single snap and that every single snap is going to be man coverage. It's just a false lead. Like it is with all these, you know, Darius. like, so it's weird. Yeah. If he's on him for the bulk of his snaps, it could be like a suppression of him not hitting 90 yards, which he has done in every game this season, but Mm -hmm. once, Uh, but you know, uh, would still not be a situation where you run and hide from him either. Uh, I think it's curious this game from a passing stance is because the Rams by far of the best defense, against the against the deep ball this year i mean they're allowing a league low 28.2 completion rate on throws 15 yards or further downfield they're the only team that has not allowed a touchdown on one of those pass attempts in the nfl and russell wilson leads the nfl in touchdowns on those passes but when you go under the hood of the rams i mean they faced dak prescott in week one and they went to buffalo and got shredded by josh allen and outside of those two quarterbacks they faced carson wentz daniel jones <laughs> alex smith and kyle allen Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Foles, and two in his first career start. Not a great rogues gallery to kind of dig in under these good Rams passing defensive stats. Uh, I think that they're a good defense in totality on paper and objectively talent-wise, but their resume is severely lacking, and then the one guy that they faced hot outside of Dak in week one absolutely carved them up. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, this matchup and how it plays out. And these two teams are no stranger to playing high-scoring games. Three of their past four games the past two years have gone 59 points or higher. Uh, so there's a lot of potential here as well. One of the biggest conundrums with the, trying to figure out NFL DFS is like the sample sizes are never big enough, and there's always sort of flaw in the in like stats like that you're talking about. Well, who did they play against? And then by the time you figure it out, it's week 17. So you it's, know, it becomes <laughs> literally a new season. It's every single year. I, I genuinely think Rich is one of the best people that does it every single year. Um, but yeah, it literally then becomes you have to look at the schedules beforehand, like every single week, and just analyze from that perspective. And so few people do it, oddly enough. Metcalf or Lockett, are you going to plant the flag here, Daigle, or they're both good, obviously? Do you have a preference? We were on a three-game roll, but then we got last week's wrong. So, uh, (laughs) as always, I just say the lower-owned one in tournaments. So, I'm going to say Lockett uh, and then hope for the best because, again – as, as I say every week, it's very frustrating because they don't do it together. It's one or the other goes nuts. And if you get it wrong, uh, it, they go nuts right in your face. And it's not pretty. I genuinely don't have an intelligent lean besides just playing the one that's lower rostered. 
Uh, I, I think it's a crapshoot. It, it makes yeah. cat. It honestly makes cash games like extremely frustrating because you know you have to have one and you can't get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> As somebody who had a good bit of locket and cash this last week, I, I understand that. I feel your pain, and that I, I can I can confirm that actually is a thing. Did, did I accidentally say our producer now is hitting the private chat up? Did I accidentally say when he goes nuts in your face? I did not mean to do that. But oh whatever. yeah. It, it, that's just a segue to our man. It's week ten. Talking about it's it's week ten. It's Are we not even using phrasing anymore? Yeah. No uh, subtlety, about, Dave. Do you want to take a shot as far as Cup versus Woods? Uh, I'll go Cup. Cup has the shallower A dot in these past three games, which coincide with the three games that Van Jefferson pretty much has been eliminated for. But like Rich said, he's still significantly leading this team and targets with 36 and target share 28 and a half percent to uh Reynolds, 17% and then uh, Robert Woods, 18%. So I'll, I'll take a chance and say cut. Uh, I mean, we didn't say much about Russell Wilson, but like, you know, what do we have to say? He's really, really good by all means playing him in your yep. tournament lineups. Uh, he's not popping necessarily in the optimals because of salary reasons, but you know, if you're somebody the MME is out there, he's got to be, I, I assume he's got to be in your mix. Uh, I assume that's where you're at as well. Yeah. I that's mean, so right now, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson have the most fantasy points through eight weeks of any season for a quarterback in NFL <laughs> history. Uh, and it's kind of, a, we're on a run of this because, you know, year before it was Lamar. And then the year before that, it was Mahomes. We're just in a new era of quarterbacks, man. It's just like, you know, we, we talked about this before the season at nauseum and that second tier of quarterbacks, like late round quarterback is still advantageous in totality, but there is, those guys are difference makers. The guys that can both run and pass. Uh, it's not even that the Konami code is a cheat code anymore. It's a prerequisite. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's the one hindrance. Like you talk about as far as golf, like I suppose you can get there and throw for three fifty and four. It's a different route. It's a little trickier route as opposed to running a couple in. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's I think he's better on DK where you can get the bonuses. You can get the passing bonus than as opposed to a FanDuel where you don't, uh, you know, but like I said, I, I mean, in cash though, like, I just don't know how you just don't play Kyler Murray at this point. Like you just <laughs> immediately go when you set your cash lineup, you put Kyler in and you build out from that. I, I will say it was an obscure week. Like you, Russell Wilson wasn't in tournament winning stacks despite uh, throwing for 390 and two touchdowns and running one in, which is crazy. Um, he was actually the QB 13 on the entire week with 22 wow. fantasy points. Whereas in on the season, that would rank him eighth in fantasy points. So it was just a really high scoring week for quarterbacks. So people just think that, oh, like I have to go somewhere else because he can't get it done. That is obviously not the case. Like he can get it done. It was an anomaly last week that Drew Locke, Matt Ryan, literally just everyone went off. It's a good segue to our next game. I do want to say my favorite thing that Kyler does that like nobody else does, and if you watch the games, he always extends the ball and gets an extra yard when he's going, going <laughs> yeah. to the side. Why does nobody else do that? Like it's the easiest free yard in the world. <laughs> nobody else does it. It drives they spot the ball where the ball is, and if you stretch your arm out, you get an extra yard. He's the only guy that figured that out. All right, there's my little rant for you, people. Uh Denver, you know you guys don't want to talk about, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. man. Last I, week was actually the first time I seen someone put a good stick on Kyler. <laughs> uh, he never gets hit. And then la- I forget who it was from the Dolphins, though. Someone got him good early in that game. And I was real surprised because you just never see him take shots. He always does. The- Even when he gets sacked, he's the- he takes those slides, puts himself, he gives himself up. Uh, but someone got him good on a-, on a play last week. Denver versus the Raiders. 51 is the total here. The- basically, the two biggest totals we already talked about, 56 and 55, that Bills Cardinals game, as well as the Seahawks Rams game. There's a couple games right on 50-51. This is one of them. Uh, the Raiders are currently a five-point favorite against the Broncos, and you kind of mentioned Drew Locke. Uh, Daigle, we'll talk about Locke, and I guess that'll segue into Judy as well, who, you know, surely broke out last week. All those air yards are paying off, you know, uh, premium talent, you know, big prospect, and, you know, Fant getting hurt didn't really didn't really do me any favors. I'm still bitter about it, apparently, but talk about that Denver offense. For all the reasons we like Justin Herbert, even though Justin Herbert is uh, clearly the better player, it's the same thing with Drew Locke this week against the Raiders defense that has created a median rate of pressure, just 21%, and ranks 29th overall in football outsiders adjusted sack rate. The funny thing is that if you subtract that win game in Cleveland from the Raiders uh they've combined for 60.7 points um with their opponents in all their other contests so this is another total I just thought was extremely low which is also why we talked about them last week I don't want to 
I don't want to steal Rich Rebar's stat on Drew Locke because he had an amazing one that I was watching the game and I just thought, man, like this is great. Like the Drew Locke stacks that I avoided are not getting there. And then you look up midway through the fourth quarter and apparently Locke did get there because as Rich can tell you, he absolutely torched the fourth quarter. Well, Rich, tell us. Two weeks in a, well, two weeks in a row, yeah. So two weeks in a row he got there at the end. Uh, through uh, the past two weeks, through quarters one through three, he's got 5.1 yards for pass attempt, 52% of his completions, uh, zero touchdowns. And it looked like uh, it two through three quarters, by the way. It looked every yeah, bit of it. Yeah, and the, that's what you saw. And then in the fourth quarter of the past two weeks, 64% completion rate, 7.8 yards for attempt, five touchdown passes, all five of them. Uh, the, the, Drew Locke is a very curious case study here, all right? So uh, uh, throws, intermediate throws and in, he's actually fine. He's completed 66.2% of his passes with five touchdowns to two interceptions, throws 15 yards line of scrimmage and in. On deep balls, he's 12 of 45, league low 26%, one touchdown, four interceptions, 29 and a half quarterback rating. Here's the kicker. He's second in the NFL in rate of deep throws. He likes doing it, yep. He likes, he is awful pushing the ball downfield and just keeps pushing the ball downfield. He's he's fine on the intermediate level. So then just horrendous, but he he wants to to, to, to drop that swag, man. Like Ian Hardis would say, I think he's Ian Hardis' favorite quarterback uh, because, because it's weird dance as he does, but uh, he's a very curious case study. Um, It might be another week. He does that again, because the Raiders defense is bad. Uh, they're 21st in passing points uh, allowed per game, 21st in yards for pass attempt. They don't get pressure on the quarterback. The flip side is the Raiders are like a really underrated defense. We've been talking about our offense and we've talked about it for weeks. They're averaging 27 points per game, which is 11th in the NFL. They have a 28 point team total here too, against a defense that's been pretty good outside of a couple weeks. Um, the problem with the Raiders is outside of Darren Waller, they are like impossible to like get right. Like yeah. the pieces because the targets outside of Darren Waller just get dispersed so evenly. Like they're throwing, they're running goal line plays to Alec Ingold in the passing game. <laughs> Aguilar's hitting on like the four targets he gets. Ruggs still hasn't gotten involved. Brian Edwards only played one snap uh, last week. They're just really hard to figure out like who to play outside of Waller, who with no Travis Kelsey playing this week is just head and shoulders above the field, the tight end field this week. Um, and he's not even like ever that exciting of a play because, you know, he kind of just is uh, like, like the Robert Woods of tight ends. Like he gets there kind of on value, although he does have as many end zone targets as he had all of last year as well, but they're a tricky team, the Raiders uh, to get right, but they're a good offense. Yeah. Tight end is a wasteland for sure. And Waller is the most, well, I mean, Kittle's on there for whatever reason, obviously he's not going to play, <laughs> but uh, they, they kept Kittle's price high, but not Mike Davis's. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, and pe- I see people talking about, well, you can't play Mike Davis. He's playing the Bucks. Like, okay. <laughs> you can't 4K? Play him. 4K, <laughs> yeah. you can't play him. I'll, I'll, play, I'll play Christian McCaffrey at 4K. Yeah, he's, not even, he's not even playing. <laughs> yeah, uh, so who is your favorite, you know, non-Waller guy at, at Oakland? And I guess what about Jacobs? Should we, I, we have to talk about Jacobs and acknowledge his existence. Maybe he just runs in three touchdowns. What do you have for Diego as far as that Oakland offense? They're projected to score 28 points. How are they getting them? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like Rich said. You really can't depend on any of them. Um, Aguilar is the one who ran the most routes. Brian Edwards played a single snap last week, even though he came back. And maybe that could change moving forward. Aguilar has been, their, honestly, their best player, though, only because they don't know how to use Henry Ruggs, which is why we can never play him in a week. Um, but the issue also is that with Aguilar is clearly headed for – touchdown progression here because he's getting it done every single week he now has four touchdowns on just 20 targets in his last and since week four which is the time he started starting for Edwards who got injured that time so it'd be Aguilar for me but again I probably won't play him at all and then on Jacobs yeah it just comes down to you know the touches are still there for them honestly um but They have given us empty promises, as we expected. He's not being used in the passing game. And more importantly, as everyone saw this past week, they're still intermittently sprinkling in Devontae Booker with no rhyme or reason. It's like Le'Veon Bell's role. Like, you can't project it. The difference is Booker has been effective, whereas Le'Veon Bell has not been. So that is another big issue for me. Uh, DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, Vegas is the worst team against the run uh all right rebar do we care about any of these running backs on denver are we supposed to care about like Lindsay or gordon or just throw your hands up i wish we could man i wish that we could play Lindsay. i mean Lindsay's been better but 
Uh, he has a he, in a games with that Lindsay's played with Melvin Gordon. He has not had more than nine touches in a game. Lindsay does not have a third down touch all season. Wow. He doesn't. So the problem is he doesn't play in third downs and he doesn't play at the goal line. That that's not good for besides DFS. that. <laughs> so isn't that Antonio I mean, Gibson basically too? That's the same he, the same deal. He's been better, but at least Antonio Gibson gets the goal line carries for his team. Uh Lindsay is just in purgatory. If he doesn't house a 60-yard run, and he's been he's just been better. And this, and like I said, he doesn't have a third down touch and played a game without Melvin Gordon. They just used Royce Freeman on third downs in that week against the Patriots. Uh so like they just don't use him in that capacity. If he doesn't house a long run, uh he doesn't get there. Um I, I mean, we talked about just like David Johnson not being able to play him last week because he's just not a guy we trust. Like Melvin Gordon is definitely not a dude I'm putting. In oh no. no, like by, on any level. I mean, he can get there. Sure, he get like I said, he gets those goal line touches, and if the game trip goes bad, he's the guy in the passing downs. But uh, I'm not clicking the button on Melvin Gordon. It's 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 like Melvin Gordon and Lindsey. The talent disparity when you watch them, it's very similar right now to Tony Pollard compared to Ezekiel Elliott. Despite the fact Zeke's still getting all the touches. And Kenyon Drake versus Chase Edmonds when they're it's in together. contract and draft equity, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. It's 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 insane. It's bad and good, is what it is. It's insane. Uh, Judy is still really really cheap on Fanduel. I think he's what five eight on Fanduel, and he's like five six or so on DK. Really really strong play. Uh, worth noting again. This is Wednesday night, so maybe this is nothing. But I believe he missed practice today. Hopefully he, he's fine. It's not a big deal. Fant, I, if he's a full go and he's going to play a good bit of snaps, I'm interested. Uh, you got anything else for me, Dago, as far as this game, or shall we branch out as far as position by position? Uh, I could, I will probably sprinkle Tim Patrick into lineups to get away from Judy if that's where everyone's going to go. I'll see where ownership comes in. But Patrick has recorded seven targets in his last three full games, or at least seven targets in those games, and then 100 yards under a touchdown in his last four. Um, this team, remember, now is basically forced to run more 11 personnel since Albert O is out for the year with a torn ACL. So I would imagine it's Fant, KJ Hamler sprinkled in, and then Judy and Tim Patrick. And Tim Patrick just keeps surviving when he's healthy despite Judy's presence um, almost as if he is the true like number one receiver on that team usage wise so yeah I, I like Tim Patrick Rebar I guess we should acknowledge uh, Derek Carr's existence right or no well like I said, just I mean it, it's just tricky because he, he's not a guy that he, we can't find a great pairing partner with him in tournaments uh, to, to run back with him outside of Waller um, it just and he's played really well. He's having his you know arguably his best season of his career. That's just uh, the unfortunate uh, thing. If I'm going to play a quarterback that's not running this week, I think I would probably look towards well outside of golf. I mean, I think that I would rather just go back to lock again, uh, being the dog and you know game script being a, a situation where they might have to chase a little bit uh, and just not watching through three quarters. I turned my mic off there for a second. Hey, feel free to grab a snack uh, if you guys are thirsty, if you're if you're if you're parched a little bit, uh, because I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys about that. Hey, autumn is in the air and Manscaped. It's here to ensure if you don't you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. By pumpkins, yeah, we actually mean your boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped it's on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And great news, they just released their products. In the UK, Canada, and Australia, I know we're big in Japan. I'm not sure how big we are in the UK, Canada, and Australia, but we'll give you guys a promo code in a second. Uh, Manscaped, yeah, they, uh, you know, it's the best trimmer for your butt, your balls, and the body. That's a triple threat for you. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Let's reduce those as much as possible. You know what a grooming accident is? Uh, Roster uh, Justin Jackson and Cash. I'm still bitter about it. Uh, their new weed topic, whacker. Topical. <laughs> that was not in the read. That was just me uh, going off the cuff. Their, uh, their new weed whacker, ear and nose. You guys are supposed to get getting a snack and a drink and all sorts of things because uh, we still got time. Get comfortable. The new weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer uses the same skin safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. I'm being presumptuous, but I assume you have them. Uh, the Crop Care Kit, that includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant. They go hand in hand. Everybody knows that, just like you're going to know in a second to play Mike Davis in cash. Crop Cleanser Body Wash, that's a full body wash that you can use on your hair. Use it wherever you want. There you go. Put it in any body part you want. Crop Mop Ball Wipes, you never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared 
Plus, you don't want to stink when you're sitting around for Thanksgiving dinner. Grandma would appreciate that for sure. If you suffer from stank foot or you stand on your feet all day long, then I have a product for you. It's called the Foot Duster Foot Deodorant. That's a free gift. The cooling tea tree oil offers a pleasant experience for the stankiest of feet and allows you to take your shoes off in confidence. The Manscaped Refined Cologne is a cost-effective way to smell uh, clean and fresh for your date. That feels optimal for sure. That's important. Uh, fresh and clean. Yeah, you want to go that route for sure. The Crop Cleanser Hair and Body Wash. Now that's designed with aloe vera and sea salt to leave your skin clean, fresh, moisturized, and re reinvigorated. All those deals. Uh, now, if you're concerned about the environment and things of that sort, these formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, whatever that is. I'm not sure what it is, but I read it. So you know your manhood is in good hands. Get 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. How do you do it? What's the promo code? It's Roto, R-O-T-O. Once again, last time, 20% off free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use code Roto. Make your balls a priority this fall. Are you guys back with me? Everybody still here? I, I think the first one was actually longer, honestly. Or maybe <laughs> maybe because I was prepared for this one and I was not the first time around. Life is about expectations. Yeah, the first time you yeah. had no idea it was going to be 17 minutes long. The first one, that first one took up the whole show. Yeah. I am part professional. <laughs> That's a professional read. You he, take a drink after that. I'm for exhausted. Sure. Tell he, me about some quarterbacks you like there. You, you even mixed in uh, improv into it. Very well done. Give me some quarterbacks, Nagel. Oh, okay. Uh, I I don't think we should go away from Justin Herbert until we are proven otherwise. And Anthony Lynn is trying to prove otherwise. But nevertheless, Justin Herbert still kicking it uh, as to a top five player, fifth most fantasy points per game among quarterbacks. And I know the Dolphins' defense is now being respected as they should be, but they also have pretty much, while healthy, played since they're by Jared Goff, who they just did nothing but blitz and throw off. So we're not worried about that matchup. And then, of course, Kyler Murray last week uh, only had five incompletions, 280 yards and three touchdowns. And he also, of course, ran for 100 yards. And Justin Herbert is still also averaging over three carries per game. So perhaps we see some rushing juice as they continue Miami to play man coverage and allow quarterbacks to run against them. So I like Justin Herbert a lot. And then this one's... Maybe it comes becomes popular in tournaments. We have to see. We have to wait and see if he's even healthy. But Baker Mayfield, if he's cleared from the COVID list, you were clearly fighting a run-first offense with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back this week. But this Texans defense, as we have known all along, still allowing a – well, it's the 10th most fantasy points per game among quarterbacks, but they're much worse than that. And Jake Luton still went over 300 yards against them, so. I'm, uh, I'm reading the comments in chat and our producer, Devin. I, this is a missed opportunity. How did I not mention that not only is Manscaped uh, available in Australia, but it's, it's available in Australia so you can clean your down under in the down under. So thank you for that, Devin. Uh, well played. And how did I not weave back in the whole ball reference of earlier? That should have been a callback for sure. And speaking of smooth, Manscaped.com. All right, uh, some quarterbacks for you, uh, Rebar. What do you have for me? Did we miss anybody? <laughs> yeah, I like the Herbert call. Miami blitzes 41.6% of times, the fourth highest rate in the league. Herbert has been phenomenal when teams send extra defenders. He's averaging 9.3 yards per pass attempt, 121.3 quarterback rating when teams bring heat. Uh, so that could be welcome. I love that that game is late, too. I thought that that game had a shot to be one of the three Dangle might pick. Uh, but then also, he Dale brought Baker Mayfield. I mean, it kind of feels like people – I mean, maybe just since we're just it, – it's just not an exciting season for them in totality. But uh, Deshaun Watson's been awesome, like, the last, mm -hmm. like, five weeks. He's still 6'9 on DK, which is a very nice price uh, for what he offers. He's running more, too. Uh, if you, he's had two and, two and a half um, or more rushing points uh, in each of his past four games after he had just one of his first four. He's averaging 9.1 yards per pass attempt over his past six games, uh, four straight top ten scoring weeks. The Browns are 26 in passing points a lot per game. Uh, just come back and circle back on the weather on that game Sunday morning. And if you want to text me, just text me. I'll go outside like I did last <laughs> time when I threw that football 26 yards and let you know, which was under my average. I can typically get 29. Uh, so we should have known that it was, it was going to be a bad day for those quarterbacks. Boots on the ground, man. That's much appreciated. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday night. Yeah. So we don't know about Baker Mayfield. We don't know about Stafford. Like I don't think we know about Stafford yet. We don't know about big Ben. Is that correct? They're all kind of up in the air at this point. Early right. tea leaves sound promising for all three. Okay. 
Uh, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, let's, let's talk about some running backs. Uh, this is Jacksonville offense, uh, defense. Well, the whole team is future. Let's just say that. Sure. Why not? Throw the blanket over him. Uh, I feel like, and this is early thought process on Wednesday, but I'm just like, I, I want to roster at least one of Aaron Jones and, or, or Devante Adams on pretty much every single lineup in theory. Cause I feel like one of those, at least one of those has to get there 32 team total for green Bay. And you know, you have to assume at least one of those guys will be on the action for at least one of those touchdowns, if not multiple touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Jones, Daigle, are we in on Aaron Jones against Jacksonville? Is he going to get enough? Uh, he got a ton of touches early, at least that last game. When who knew? Well, what, what, what was the what was the coaches saying? Like, well, we don't know. We shall see on a Thursday night game. And all of a sudden, he's crushing in the first quarter. Yeah, he got 20 of the team's 34 running back carries, but that game was a blowout. Like, he yeah. was clearly healthy. He was moving well, really well early. And so, I mean, th- that's just something to stash for the future if he's questionable. Packers training staff, a very tentative one. Like, if someone's questionable and they rule him active, he's fully healthy. They are good to go moving forward. So, yeah, uh, you have to love Aaron Jones. It'll probably become popular later in the week. Like, if you want to pivot to gain leverage off Jones playing Devontae Adams – but Aaron Jones clearly just in the the ultimate smash spot. Well, we need to talk about – well, we don't even need to talk about it because we're playing Mike Davis as well at 4K. Like, there's nothing to talk about here. He's 4K. Uh, I'm not avoiding him in cash or tournaments, so that's that seems like a smart thing to do. And then a Cleveland run back or perhaps just even a stack option with Deshaun Watson would be Duke Johnson. Um, I know in the past by Hugh Jackson, Bill O'Brien, he's been pigeonholed into this third down back, but he wasn't with Romeo Cornell – and Buddy Howe was active, so they didn't even try to go anywhere else. He still played 52 of 64 snaps, got 100% of the remaining backfield touches uh, whenever David Johnson left the game. So I think Duke Johnson is a good stacking option with Deshaun Watson as well. And then I guess, I, I guess another tournament one would be Antonio Gibson as everyone goes to J.D. McKissick. Antonio Gibson missed practice today, that's the thing. But, of course, J.D. McKissick was used. I didn't expect 14 targets, but of course he was used whenever they're down by three scores in the second quarter. They don't leave Gibson in for that kind of role. And against, you mentioned Stafford, like Stafford's averaging under seven and a half yards per attempt. This offense is not good in the three games that Kenny Galladay has been out. Um, It's one to just avoid entirely as their second receiver is apparently Marvin Hall when he's out. So I I like Antonio Gibson in what should be a positive game script if Kenny Galladay remains sidelined and it looks like he's going to. Uh, on Fandle, 5-4 for Mike Davis, and so not as egregious as the 4K price on DK, but still, like, he's your optimal cash game running back play. Don't care about the matchup. We care about opportunity. We care about volume. I think he's 17 on Yahoo, which is also too cheap as well. Uh, Duke, Duke Johnson, what do you have for me, Rebar, as far as Duke Johnson and a revenge game here? I, I believe uh, that David Johnson was ruled out right before he went on air. I, I feel like oh, I really? That. That maybe I made that up. I have to double-check and confirm, but I think that did happen with his concussion uh speak on duke and then any other running backs kind of that are popping for you there rebar yeah i mean duke to the 20 touches we've all just you know duke is the the poster boy of the industry we just always want him to get opportunity and he might get it in the revenge game the browns with heading into their bye had started to struggle against backfields allowing 143 yards per game their previous three uh not a great situation with houston who 77 percent of all their offensive yards comes via passing because they've only beaten the jaguars this year uh so i mean you, you know road dogs probably signals the pass but he's so cheap i mean how do you get away from him? he's gonna occupy all the snaps like Daigle said he has the passing equity that's kind of like what it is like the rushing of running backs you know we talk about quarterbacks we always want to play guys that use their legs we always want to play running backs that are involved in the pass game so they can't get scripted out none of that here uh you talked about Mike Davis uh yeah I mean like the, the, we can't expect anything really rushing but who cares the Tampa Bay is 24th in the league in receiving points allowed to backfields Carolina running backs at 13 receptions against the Buccaneers when they played earlier in the year at 4k you're going to get there in passing stats alone uh you know on Mike Davis and if they get inside the five uh he might get carry we did see Curtis Samuel start to weasel his way in mm-hmm. uh, to getting some of those carries inside the 10 so be on the lookout for that as well um also in that Browns game I mean I don't know if people it I mean it's a matchup made for heaven for this Browns offense uh, you know, you look at the Browns, they've run the ball on first down 62% of the time outside of the fourth quarter, second highest rate in the league behind the Titans. Houston's allowing a league high 5.8 yards per carry and first down rush attempts. Uh, it's just made, it's just made for the Browns to walk all over the Texans. Uh, they could, they should be able to run the ball at will Nick Chubb's coming back. People might be hesitant to play him. Nick Chubb, although he has not played since week four, still leads the NFL in 20 yard runs or more. 
you know, still leads the league in that category. Um, he was playing great football before he got hurt. Uh, people might be tentative to play him because he still is expensive uh, coming back. But, it, you know, obviously he's not a cash game play. But a tournament run back with Deshaun Watson, you've got a clear correlation, you know, bring back. And I'm just – I mean, I just don't know how we fight it anymore. Like, James Robinson just has to kind of be in your player pool. Like he's had 26, 25 touches the past two games. Uh, he's at 19.9 touches per game. Uh, he's running a pass route on 50% of the team dropbacks. And the Packers don't care about stopping the run. They never have under Mike Patton. Uh, running backs have scored 45% of the fantasy points allowed by Green Bay. It's the highest share in the league. Uh, just got to keep playing James Robinson, man. Yeah, and a really good bring back. If you're playing a guy like Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones or even potentially both, if you're doing something like that, uh, I like I like him in the game stack for sure. Of course, you go to Chark as well too. And I don't know, Luton. I know he had that, the the second pass of his career, second pass of the game, whatever it was, was great. And he ran a touchdown in, but that's not going to happen. That's not repeatable. He's a, basically a statue. So that run was hot. Ooh, that run <laughs> the, was hot. He hit what was that? The circle button or the square button? Where he I hit, mean, first he, of all, he threw a dude down. He <laughs> he he stiff armed a guy into the earth. <laughs> and then spun on a guy he, it was a sean bradley like nba live 96 <laughs> it was the slowest spin move. it was like scott tolzine in the spin move remember that you just one lost everybody uh, like, nobody it, knows you're talking about <laughs> yeah i mean no one ever knows what i'm talking about sean I mean, bradley i love i love it <laughs> but, <laughs> i mean work a sean bradley and scott tolzine reference at the same time but uh, that run was hot you gotta do it <laughs> remember the chairman the chairman of the milwaukee bucks uh drafted I, I, somebody google that bill simmons going in that all right uh, let's talk about some receivers before we step aside and get out of here. Obviously I mentioned Devonte Adams several times and it's really hard to see if Jones doesn't succeed. Devonte Adams has to succeed again, a 31 total here against the Jags. Uh, I, I don't know who's going to be more popular. It's going to come down to lineup construction. Obviously, if you can only play one, I could see both succeeding. There's a world where both succeed in my mind. Uh, but if you only play one, is it Adams or is it Jones who you prefer there? Dagle? It would be Aaron Jones for me. In my pick. Okay. Uh, rebar, same thought. Yeah, I'd rather pay up for running back. I mean, Adams is worth – I think he's worth the, the money, but he's getting up there. Uh, definitely there's no freebie uh, with him. And, I, I mean, I'm always going to be more inclined to pay heavy at running back than wide receiver. Um, but, I mean, I mean, I think this slate makes it tougher too because we only have Kamara and Jones at the top. Dalvin Cook's on Monday night. Uh, we're really thin at the top of like – and, you know, McCaffrey, we lost him. Uh, this week, we got a cheapie and, and Mike Davis. We probably have a cheapie and Duke Johnson. We're not going to play three cheapies. Uh, so we're going to pay up for one of those guys. Uh, so, I mean, I'd be more inclined, I think, to go Jones as well. And, and of course, uh, Adams, it, it would come down to likely losing DeAndre Hopkins in that spot, unless you want to go Adams and Hopkins, and then you pay down, as Rich said, for three cheapie running backs. But if everyone's going to try and do that in tournaments, that's what you want to get away from. Somebody give me a Mike Thomas take. Uh, this is historically cheap for him on DK at 7.4K, and he's at home in the Dome where he's thrived the most. Um, you know, we have – who's – you're in. Sell, do you have oh, to yeah. sell me on him or just like look, look at his resume? Who cares what he did, he did last week? Yeah, I mean, he's he's really good at football still, I believe. Uh, you know, he's, he played just two games, two games against the Bucks, And, I mean, in that game last week, how do we even judge it? It was 31 to nothing at the half. He yeah. still had, you know, he caught five or six targets or 50 yards. I didn't really see any ill effects that like he looked like a different player and a less dynamic player. Uh, they just shredded. I mean, maybe that's, they're going to have a different de- team dynamic just because they have more playmakers this year than they did a year ago. And it was just him and Kamara. Uh, but the, San Francisco has been absolutely decimated by the last two lead wideouts they faced in Devontae mm-hmm. Adams and DK Metcalf. Uh, he had a huge game against them last year when the 49ers defense was objectively good. Uh, and it currently isn't because they don't have any players. Uh, so, I mean, I'm in on Michael Thomas getting some definite some exposure to Michael Thomas while he's still suppressed. This is a DK specific. Daigle, there's a, another 3K cheapie that's popping in the optimals. Again, it's Wednesday night. Everything changes. Uh, would, you, would you know who it is? You have a guess or I can tell you who it is, possibly because of injury, possibly because of matchup, possibly just, you know, just the tightness of the cap potentially on a Wednesday night. Al, I'm looking. I'm looking at my my model. I know who it is. Uh, I'm actually going to say the other person though. I'm going to pay up at that position. Is it? Is it Jakeem Grant? It's the, okay. So you you prefer uh, the five K? I think is. Uh, I pref- 
I prefer Devontae Parker is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, that's who I'm trusting over Jakeem Grant. Uh, and Preston Williams, like, I wish he would play because he actually developed a little re- a bit of a rapport there with two before he got injured with five targets. But then um, Devontae, I am just trusting as the more viable wideout, like proven wideout, I should say. Although maybe since it is an ambiguous situation, maybe you should pay down. Uh, Marcus Johnson pr- probably still just haunts my dreams still paying down to 3K. <laughs> but either way, uh, yeah, Devontae Parker, that's who I'm interested in paying up for this spot, especially because the Chargers defense, like I understand they have all this talent, but also one, they're injured. And two, like the Chargers defense just hasn't been good. Now their last five games, they've averaged 31 points allowed to opposing offenses. So it's one we're trying to attack. And that's an easy way to go Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. And you run it back with Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, my, my pick would be Parker. Uh, who else do I like? Um, Rich, go ahead. I had one. I lost. <laughs> the, the Dolphins, Dolphins are a team then expand out to other, other uh, players who like them. Well, Rich. the Dolphins kind of like the Raiders, man. Like, they're kind of hard to figure out because they're like, these ancillary jabronis are getting into the box, man. Durham Smythe is scoring one week. <laughs> the ghost of Matt Collins is coming out and scoring touchdowns. Adam Shaheen is getting touchdowns. They're another one of these weird teams, man. Like, they dial up weird plays in the red zone for specific players, and uh, it's hard to kind of grab uh, the core of their touchdowns. Uh, it's they're they're very tricky. In, in that Give me the way. scenario. How are the Dolphins going to beat uh, the Chargers this week? What goofy things going to happen with the Chargers this I week? Mean, they're probably going to score a defensive touchdown, like they do every week, uh, <laughs> seemingly at this point. I just am penciling them in for a defensive touchdown. Variants be damned. It's just just going to happen. Why fight it? Uh, but no, I mean it's like I said. It's the, they just run a. It's they're going to play one of these. It'll be Salvan Ahmed or DeAndre Washington being active. Someone will score in this game that no one has exposure to because seemingly anytime we play a Dolphins guy some of the other guys like just the ancillary jabronis get in the box man I how many times I look up and Adam Shaheen is scoring it's amazing like he's always <laughs> running inside the 10 yard luckily he's always there. how many times have you been like on a false lead of Mike Gusecki scoring a touchdown this yeah. month and it's yeah. not him <laughs> <laughs> my son was like oh Gusecki I was like I didn't him man just like, yeah, just tell him just <laughs> tell him the rule it's never Gusecki that's that's the one rule it's literally never Gusecki I will um, say uh uh Jarvis Landry man no one ever likes to play this guy and I don't like to play him either but before the bye don't be overlooked because people will cite the weather for Rashard Higgins not being involved in that game Jarvis Landry had 11 targets in that game. He had 40 over 40% of the team targets. He could have had a huge game. He dropped a touchdown and dropped another long pass in that game. Uh, that is a huge, huge target share uh, in the first game that they played without Odell Beckham. Uh, and as fun as a, a story Hollywood Higgins is, Jarvis Landry's resume, he is the best receiver on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, all right. Before we step aside and get out of here, we, I know we mentioned Dar- uh, Waller in passing. Uh, certainly, if you have the salary, he seems like the best possible tight end option. If you don't have the salary, <clears throat> Evan Ingram has been getting a ton of a ton of looks uh, in the last three weeks, like 29 off the dome, more or less. He got in the box last week, for what it's worth. Uh, Dallas Goddard seems kind of sort of somewhat interesting. Mm. It's bad, Daigle. Uh, give me some tight end takes. Uh, Dallas Goddard would have been mine because he played uh, 86% of the snaps for the team's buy. So if someone's just looking at the targets, like that's fine. And they're not going to run 12 personnel. Like they, they catered to 12 personnel for – Ertz and Goddard, not for Goddard and Richard Rogers, although Richard Rogers was fine whenever he was in there. So it's going to be Jalen Rager, Fulgham, and Greg Ward, most likely, maybe Jeffrey if he ever comes back. But Dallas Goddard is absolutely the guy you want. It's especially because like we can just keep searching for these guys. Talk about season long as well. Just anyone to start with confidence. Literally anyone. Like Goddard's <laughs> that guy. He he played exactly what we wanted him to do. No more Zachers to take double digit targets still. So yeah, you just go to Goddard. I hate tight end, honest, by the way. I is Henry not going to happen? Is it just not going to happen? Like, what's what's the deal with Hunter Henry? We want him to be better than he actually is? I tried to will it last week, and uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what we do, man. Eventually, you have to stop breathing CPR into dead situations. It's <laughs> it's going to be when you don't play him, by the way. That's when it, that's when it always comes. It's yeah, I had it. I thought it was finally. I was like, I didn't play him those last three weeks, whatever, and chased. Now I'm going to be smart and come in now. And still, <laughs> still, yeah. All right, let's let's close. Is there anybody else as far as tight ends, uh, uh, Daigle, or you know, uh, Rebar as far as tight ends? Because like it's just a dead zone and we're throwing darts. And is there anybody you feel good about or it's just whatever fits or with your stack? Is that how we're doing it? 
Yeah, I mean, you don't pay. Don't pay for one. Is <laughs> <laughs> really the best advice I could give. Uh, yeah, he's to do that. One more I'll be overweight on will be Austin Hoover's. Uh, Austin Hoover may be my favorite play this week um, at tight end, honestly, wow. just because he's not only pretty cheap at the position, but everyone's going to forget that in three games before he got injured, um, he had a 22% target share at least in all three of those games. Like his his role was coming on very strong before he went under the knife. Now he's back fully healthy, 14 days of rest, practicing to start the week. So I like Austin Hooper a whole lot. The, uh, the chat's talking about – I know we love that Buffalo-Arizona game, but they threw out the name Dan Arnold. Uh, I mean – I can't do it, man. I can't do that. Dan Arnold. <laughs> He's 2.6K uh, on DK, so, like, that's yeah. – They want to play Dan Arnold even though Max Williams came back last week and was actually involved? I, I don't want to play either, but, like, yeah. it's I'd probably feel better about Max, but, like, I don't think I want to play either one of those. All right, got to step aside and get together. Who is that? Darren Daniels, the guy that scored a touchdown. Uh, Daryl Daniels to, to still to steal a, a rich line. The thing with Darren Arnold, at least you're taking one L and not two. We're uh, you know George Costanza. We're very disappointed. We're told that we're supposed to finish strong, and we're finishing with uh, Daniels Dan Arnold. and Arnold <laughs> and Austin that, Hooper, who that, hasn't even played in four weeks. That that's the show, though. Uh, Rewar, uh, tell the people. Of course, they're aware, but where to follow you? Where, where to get the worksheet? All that good stuff. Powerfootballanalysis.com pre-snap motion podcast sharp angles podcast every wednesday night with dean with daigle here <laughs> daigle same question <laughs> at not daigle on twitter rotoworld.com rotoworld football podcast with dean with rebar here much appreciate you guys watching do like do subscribe we do appreciate that it does help uh with the old analytics of the old YouTube. But as far as I know, it is working this evening. We appreciate you guys uh, watching and chatting along with us. Uh, Devin, our producer, is going to go ahead and drop a couple of links for you guys. Uh, a link into the single entry series. We haven't talked about that in a few weeks on FanDuel. The best uh, single entry contest over there in FanDuel with added value as well, too. If you do well in four of the eight weeks that are accounted, I believe they work all the way up to week 13. Uh, three different uh, levels as far as buy-in, $5, $33, $100, you want to get access to all the RG tools, all the RG shows. You want to uh, line up HQ. You want to build yourself 150 lineups very quickly, very easily. You can put your own little rules in there. Uh, get yourself $5 off for that. Hit that link, $5 off the core for that's football, baseball, basketball, and golf. Golf, of course, uh, going down tomorrow as far as the Masters. I've said a lot of words. Manscaped.com as well. That was a lot of words, too. Smash the over on Manscaped words. He was Daigle. He was Rebar. I was Dean. This was football. Good luck this week. We're out of here. Holler.